Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 33 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter And I am Ethan, you can find me on Twitter at Vivala Ethan And again, if you hear him in the background, he's doing circles right now, it's Mac Mac I, I can't control him Mac is back with a brand new rap. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there he is. Um, chasing his tail. It's just, uh, he's a smart dog. Welcome to the show, Mac. Uh-huh. Ooh. Um, episode 33. Yeah. Give me a driver that comes to mind when I say 33. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's pretty obvious. But first off, I just want to know, did you put, did you put some... Rowdy energy in his water in his water bowl because he sounds like he is going crazy. Well, you know what it is. It's the fact that he um, doesn't have a lot of contact during the day, but me mm-hmm. and work and my wife asleep. So when somebody's here with him, oh he's sure, excited dog, absolutely as he, he should be. be, center of attention for sure. And no. usually we record later than this, but mm-hmm. as of late. You know, with our new current situations and everything, yeah. it's just a lot more convenient to record a little earlier. Yeah, for and sure. He's up, he's awake, and there's no putting him up. He's he's here. Yeah, he's definitely not an issue at all. That was just my <laughs> my shameless se- uh, segue to my weekly Rowdy Energy mention, which they still don't follow me on Twitter. So, well, I, I did <laughs> learn to take his collar off so at least he's not like jingling Mm. the whole time during the show like he was the other week jessica does the same thing for me too yeah (laughs) (laughs) um 33 dude 33 of course not necessarily the reason why i'm picking him but kansas native Clint Boyer in that for some reason I say iconic 33 Cheerios. I kind of personally like the uh, what is it? BBT. That's what I think of. Yeah. Yeah. The BBT that paint scheme looked a little bit better in my opinion, but yeah, that's definitely the 33 for me. What about the 33 for you? Well, that paint scheme you're talking about is red and gold. Yes. And that's always kind of been a good combo to me. Personally, I, I like red and gold as far as like, uh, especially the darker reds, like the like mm-hmm. the Folgers car or yeah. the old Milwaukee car. You know, that kind of that kind of look. Uh, to me, it's Harry Gant. Of course, yeah, that's, absolutely. I mean, that's the is he the original 
guy that really broke it big in the 33? Who who can you think of off the top of your head before Harry Gant? Oh. That was really successful. Harry Gant alone um, is way before my time, but uh, I can't think of anyone. Retired the year born. Which year was I born? No, he retired the year you were born. Oh, oh, see, yeah. I mean, that's, wow. That's wild. He had kind of like a uh, a Bill Elliott finish mm-hmm. in a way. Like, he was always just really, really good. He was a solid uh, driver to, um, first of all, awesome dude. He's actually a roofer by trade. Oh, wow. Once he retired, that's what he did. He, he built roofs. Um, but such an awesome guy. And he's uh, like a humble, down-to-earth person. Mm. He reminded me a lot of my grandfather. Yeah, actually, he looked a lot like him too, and the way he talked and acted, he, he like he looked a lot like my grandfather did back then. So you've met Harry Gant? Ah, uh-uh. no, no, no. Oh. I'm just just based on interviews and stuff. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Like, remember last week? I think it was. I talked about that that VHS that mm-hmm. I had. Maybe last week or the week before that had those drivers talking about the crashes. Harry Gant was one of those drivers. So I spent a good hour and a half watching that. VHS and Harry Gant was front and center talking through every single segment. Very nice. So you got a good sense of his personality. And actually he was the first person I remember ever um, giving the idea of putting spotters off of trucks in the infield and put them on a roof Mm. outside the track. Wow. There you go. Because they mentioned that on that VHS. Uh, Harry said, you know, I always thought because all these people, you know, crashing and stuff couldn't see. You know, the mm-hmm. spotters would say there's a crash, but they really couldn't see a whole lot either. Right. I always thought they should take those spotters off of the off of the pit boxes or something and put them up, up there on the roof so they can see the whole racetrack. Mm-hmm. And Benny Parsons, you know, that's a really good idea. I think we should get with NASCAR about that. This was 1988. I saw this video. That's about when it happened. So maybe Harry Gant was the leader in that. Yeah. Maybe Sounds like it. Why so many crashes have been stopped in a way. Yeah, absolutely. But he kind of had like a career resurgence like Billy did. He was always solid. He never won a championship, mm-hmm. but he was always solid. Um, always drove that 33 Skull Bandit. And I, he, had, he drove a seven a few times, I think, uh, when he was in the Bush Series. He drove seven, I think. But towards the end of his career, I remember 1991, he had a stretch where he had won three in a row. Oh, Yeah. And then they were going to Martinsville, and he was trying to win his fourth in a row because that's that's hard in NASCAR to win four straight. Right. I know since then, I think a couple of people have – I think that tied the record at the time. With, I mean, in the modern era, Richard Petty won like 11 in a row back in the 60s, and I, that's not going to ever be touched. Right. But I think in the modern era, that tied a record, winning four in a row in 1991. I could be wrong about that, but it was a really good feat anyway. But he was going for his fourth in a row. And the fourth race in a row uh, was coming up with Martinsville. And I've seen this race on replay. Have you ever seen this 1991 Martinsville race that Harry Gant won on a uh, ESPN replay? Have you no. ever seen anything about it? I don't think so. Well, he was running good. It looked like he was in contention to do it, to actually win four in a row. 50-something years old. He's about to win four races in a row. Well, then they all crashed in front of him, and he got involved with it. 
damaged the front end of that car. I mean, the front end looked like a demolition derby car. You know how they they bend the cars mm-hmm. on the front and rear on demolition derby cars, so when they hit, they bend up. Oh yeah. So if they don't bend down, it won't stop the car if they bend up. If it bends down, it makes the car quit rolling, and then you're out. That's why they do that. But that's what this car looked like. 1991 Oldsmobile with the front end bent way up. They they went to work on that thing on pit road. They never lost a lap. They put bungee cords on it, holding everything together. And the front end was a big snout pointed straight up in the air. He still outran everybody and won that race. Just a fun race to go back and watch. That's awesome. A, a different era in NASCAR compared to now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Do you happen to have stats on the 33? I do. Yeah, so the 33 in NASCAR has had 1,161 races, 147 top fives, mm-hmm. 306 top tens, 581 top 20s. So half their races are in the top 20. Yeah. Which 20, I mean, half the field. But yeah. yeah. 24 pulls and 23 wins. So I know Clint won a few. He won three. I can't think of who else. I don't think Ken Schrader ever won in the 33. Nope. Because he took it over after Harry Yant. That was a neat car, too, because once in a while, he'd run like a red chrome 33. Mm. It's like it would be a green one all all the time, but then it'd be like a green chrome and a red chrome. I think one time he had a gold chrome 33. It was just that was neat. That was when they started uh, swapping up the colors a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody other than Harry Gant. Was, is there anybody other than Harry Gant that's one in the 33? Yeah. So it goes, uh, Harry Gant has 18. He has the most wins in the 33, followed mm-hmm. by Clint Boyer, who has three. Joe Nemechek has one. Oh, okay. And, oh, man, I am going to kick myself in the butt for this. Lou Ver- <laughs> Vigaro, Lou Ver- Virago. I want to say he's in the Hall of Fame, and I cannot uh, pronounce his name. I can't place it. F I G A R O, Virago, Vigaro, Virago. <laughs> Words are fun. You know? Sure. <laughs> like the cat and Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, good deal. You have Disney Plus. Oh, I know. You could go and watch Pinocchio. Oh, is that what that is? Pinocchio? You should watch. You should watch Pinocchio. That's a that's a really that's an intense movie. Towards the end of it, you can, you should watch Pinocchio. Not the new one, the old one. Okay. But anyway, you won't do it. Don't say okay. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna go back and watch that. I forgot all. I forgot I had your uh, Disney Plus information. <laughs> My bad. Whoops. Well, about that. <laughs> so I guess that was like the fifties or sixties again. Yeah. Usually these drivers that we don't really know. I mean, because I know anybody that drove the thirty-three car in the eighties, nineties, and today. Mm-hmm. I guess Nemechek randomly drove it a year or two. So Max got his bed out now. Awesome. That is. He's going to find the noisiest <laughs> thing he can possibly find. For sure. And that's going to be what he does on the podcast. 
I've taken away all these raw hides and plastic bone things so he doesn't make any noise. So then he just mm. grabs his bed and comes in here and starts shaking it around. I mean, that's that's what he's supposed to, right? I guess. I just want to be a dog, man. I just want to be a dog. <laughs> he just wants attention. <laughs> you don't need to dig at it. Stop. You're fine. You're messing up my show right now. You know that? You're on the show. I'm not editing this out. Because it's the off season and we ain't got no news or nothing like that to talk about anyway. You know, you know how Jeff and Scott have their, um, well, have their special flute. You know, I have one of those and I can't find it. I can't. I know. Uh, well, I have an eleven-year-old now that uh, lives with us, so I I know she has a recorder somewhere. But uh, no, I was just thinking. You know, Mac. Notice how I had to stop and think that his name was not Gus. Mm-hmm. Mac. Is kind of like our um, special flute, in a way, you know. I really wish I could find it. <laughs> I thought I knew where it was, but I, I wish I could find it because I can actually play it. Oh, it ain't, oh. it ain't. That's the first instrument I learned how to play. Oh, that's that's the whole point of it. Because in band, you learned rhythms and notes off of this really simple little recorder, mm-hmm. little five dollar thing you get on eBay. Back then, it wasn't no eBay, but you right. know what I mean. But yeah, for five dollars, we were, we all got these recorders and we played sheet music for the first time. We learned the music, and that's what we used to play. Oh. And ever since the sixth grade, I know how to play one of those things. Oh, well, that's awesome. And, and I just bought one like a year ago because I hadn't played one in so long. I was like, look, they're only five bucks. I'm just gonna buy. Them. Yeah. And I think my wife hit it because I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea where it is. I thought I knew where it was, and I think she found it one day and said, nope, and threw it in the trash or something. Amazing. I know. I never really tried to learn it. I just tried to burp into it and try to make music out of my burps. Mm, that's not how it works. I know. It didn't. It wasn't very successful for me. You see, you got you got those those holes on the top and then mm-hmm. one hole on the back, on the bottom of it there, and yeah. you, uh, you, you, you have to cover them in just the right way, and it makes a difference. Oh, and the one on the back if you cover it completely it keeps the noises low if you cover it halfway it makes the noises go up and up oh i hope jeff tune is listening to this and i hope i can give him lessons he'll be playing my heart will go on from titanic in a heartbeat so i mean secret talents with soda on this week's episode that's awesome I, I, everybody on Twitter that follows me, at least that pays attention to anything I do, knows I was in band, right? Because I put that out there. Yeah, because you're a nerd. I'm just kidding. I actually, I, I love. I went to every football game in high school, playoffs included. That one time we made one playoff game. I taught my wife, who I met in band, by the way. Mm. I taught my wife all about football. Awesome. What? What nerd? you know, band geek or whatever is going to pay that much attention to the football games and would teach people about football while they're sitting there watching it. Every single game, not miss a, not miss a play. To be completely honest with you, I actually really miss, like I'm really upset with myself that I didn't go out and watch my local high school football team. Like my friends, my, you know, my peers, because I would go back and I would so enjoy doing that. Our team was not good. <laughs> neither, I mean, neither were we, but I mean. 
We we had one good year where we won six games and we made playoffs and then lost uh, in overtime when uh, we didn't have a kicker. So we went for two and we didn't get it. Interesting. What was your uh, mascot? We were the Devils. Ooh. The Blue Devils. Ooh. See that? Yeah, I don't. I, I wasn't fond of that. I mean, we got our middle school was the Eagles, and mm. uh, we have one now. My kids are at are the Raiders, and oh, there's one uh, around here called the Toros. It's a Spanish for so they take the S and the F, and they stylize it to where it makes a bull's bull's head with the horns. Oh, it looks so cool. We were the Blue Devils. Just we used a basic little Blue Devil logo, and it was mm. from Duke. Just it was stupid. Yeah. So my middle school was the Ponies. The Pony. Okay, I take it back. So <laughs> our high school, though, when you got to high school, you were the you were a Mustang. Oh, I got you. I got you. So and, you graduated. Yeah, but then you go out to our community college here in my hometown, and you are all of a sudden Red Devils. Hmm. Not blue, but red. Blue, so that's kind of cool. Red Devil right here, huh? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't graduate. Uh, <laughs> no, I graduated from high school. Let me just, you know, 2012. Uh, but no, I didn't <laughs> I didn't go to college. So. <laughs> that is funny, though. I think my college was the Sun Chiefs. Mm, there you go. Which I was in that band for a minute. They didn't have a football team. It was all like basketball and uh, volleyball, stuff like that. They didn't have a football team. They weren't that big. But I was in their jazz band. Oh, I By would way, not expect anything less from you. No, I was awful in jazz. <laughs> I can't awesome. improvise. I got to be like organized. You know what I mean? Like jazz is all about just... You know, you got your solos and you're mm. impro improvising things and you're adding flair to everything. Yeah. Some sheet music said, you know, it would have like a selection of everything that everybody played. And it's a small band, maybe about 15 people. Hit mm. that. And, you know, one drummer instead of a whole drum section, it's just one dude on drums back there. And there were like two or three saxophones. And I was one of them. And one section of the sheet music said, saxophone solo. And that's it. <laughs> awesome. No notes or nothing like that. I can't do this. I'm not. I'm. That, that's, my mind doesn't do that. Watch me burn this whole place to the ground right now. <laughs> well, thankfully we had somebody that was really good at doing that, and I didn't have to try any of that. So, so just let him do it. He's good. He's he's one of the best ones I've ever heard. So one thing, and it's just kind of funny how you know how things are so different from Kansas to Alabama. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, I lived in Marietta, Georgia for a little while, and I don't know if it's a Southern thing, but I, I think it was on Breaker and Bain's power hour. I think not this past week, but last week they were talking about how you can go down to the Southern States and you could go to a restaurant and say, I would like a Coke. And they would ask you what kind of Coke. And then you would say Dr. Pepper or Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whatever. Is that a thing down in Alabama? Yeah, I hear people talk about that. I've never actually seen that. Really? I just say what I want. I call it soda. Right. I mean, that's why I don't call myself, you know, well, Coke Hunter sounds weird. But. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but. That's why, that's why I name myself Soda Hunter because it's just a wide variety of the sodas. I just, I, 
I just call it so I just tell them what I want. I want a Dr. Pepper. I want a root beer. I want. I, don't, I never want a root beer, by the way. Um, I want a Dr. Pepper. I want a Mountain Dew. Uh, I want a Sprite. Yeah, well, I don't say a Coke. What kind of Coke? Because I don't know. That's I, that's not something yeah. that happens here. But that one thing we definitely don't say is pop. <laughs> okay. It's not pop. Hmm. I don't know what pop is, but it's not a soda. So, <laughs> for one, I don't know why it popped me so hard. When you said Coke Hunter, <laughs> that was amazing. Um, <laughs> so when, when I was in Georgia and I wasn't there for very long, um, it was I did not hear the word soda and I did not hear the word pop. I heard Coke. Well, you know, Georgia is the capital of Coke, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's where, well, okay. That's where the Coca-Cola factory is. Yes. That's their headquarters. Yes. Like, I think Pepsi is South Carolina or North mm. Carolina, one of the two. Yeah. No, I, I definitely can tell you because I actually worked at the Coke plant. And I'll tell you, you walk oh, you in that day. Yeah. So you walk, you walk in, and I swear it's like a mountain of Coke. It's, uh -huh. I mean, from the flooring to the to the ceiling, you know, of this warehouse, it's just nothing but Coke. You just look around, and there's Coke everywhere. Coke, kitty, Coke, Coke, Coke. All right. So that. Uh -huh. <laughs> so this is. Um, hmm. All right, and I, of course I'm I'm talking about Coca Cola. Um, <laughs> this episode. Real though, you did work there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I really did. Did you try any of the interesting flavors from around the world? No. Um, <laughs> I was just curious if you've ever had Beverly. No, I haven't. That's a, it's a famous Coca-Cola branded drink from Italy. Really? That's really bitter. Mm, like, no. I... It's just like it draws up your whole mouth. It's so bitter. I want to say that I've heard of it before. Well, it's yeah. a Disney thing, too. Hmm. So like at, at Disney World and Epcot, I think there's, I think you can buy it. I think you can import it in bottles hmm. or whatever. But at Disney World at Epcot and their uh, Disney Springs Coca Cola, yeah, because uh, they have a Club Cool in Epcot that has all the Coke flavors there from around the world. And there's like a watermelon Fanta from Japan that's absolutely amazing. Okay. And. Huh. Uh, then every, the big joke is when somebody hasn't ever done that before to try, because it's all free. You just sit there with your cup and you just go down the line at the fountain and try all these different flavors from around the world. Yeah. And the big joke is if somebody's never done that before, hey, try that Beverly. That's good. Mm. That's like the best one here. And, of course, I get a big, big gulp of it, and it's the most disgusting set I've ever oh, had in my life. Oh, wow. Some people like it, though. It's an Italian thing. I don't that's yeah. the only one that's absolutely. I'm just curious if you ever tried that before. No, I've. I, I want to say I've heard of a, of it, but I've never tried it. No. Mm -mm. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a cult thing. Nowadays. Oh, you know what I mean? Like a, you know, you know, a cult classic kind of thing. It's, you know, it has like a a cult following. Is what I want to say. Uh, okay. Yeah. I. I don't know. I'd have to look look into it a little bit. And none of this has anything to do with NASCAR at all. Actually, none of it. <laughs> and I was trying so hard to figure out a way to kind of circle back, but it, it's you know, the off season. It don't matter. Yeah, well, this is our show. I mean, we some do what people we want. Might halfway be interested in hearing about different soda flavors from around the world, or 
you know, did you know I tried a salty shrimp sauce soda from Japan once? Oh, I'm sorry. Salty shrimp sauce? That's the name sauce? of the flavor. It's, it's a, you know those glass bottle sodas from Japan that have that yeah. marble that you have to pop down, the ramenay? No, so, I well, don't. If you go to any store, like uh, kind of like a geek kind of store, you know, like FYE or something like yeah. that, that has all the nerdy junk in it, you know, like the superheroes mm. and the pops and all that. If you go by like the coolers up front, they'll tend to have these little small glass bottles that have a weird shape around the, the rim, like the, the lid of it, the, the neck of the bottle, I mean. Okay. There's a marble in the top of the cap that you like you under the cap and you turn it upside down you press the marble down into the drink and that's how you unseal it oh it's weird okay. it's weird but they're from japan and they made a flavor that you can't buy here i found it on ebay and so i had <laughs> to try it salty <laughs> shrimp sauce soda so so let me get this straight so you were just searching the interwebs Japan, ja Japanese sodas on eBay. I was because I know ja Japanese sodas have the most weird flavors. And you so came across you came across one that said what salty salty shrimp sauce. And you thought, hmm, that's right. I'm going to purchase this, have it sent to me, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna consume it. I'm gonna put it in my like and I'm gonna drink it. Well, I'm adventurous. For <laughs> I will never not try a new food or drink. It, it don't matter how disgusting it is. You put one of those, like like they do all these weird candy corns and candy canes every year. Mm. You put that that macaroni and cheese candy cane in front of me. I'm gonna say, well, I'm gonna try that. Oh, awesome! Well, you know, you know they they had candy corn last year. It was a Thanksgiving dinner. Huh. They had turkey and green beans and all sorts of stuff in these candy corn. Oh my! I tried them. Every one of them. And the green beans are the best ones. Oh, come on. It was weird. Now I know you're just no. fibbing to... The green beans are the best one. Cranberry sauce was good. Green, green beans were the best best one of those. Did you did you eat any green bean casserole for Thanksgiving? I actually did a little bit. You're disgusting. <laughs> well, I didn't fill the plate up with it, but I did. Okay, well... What's You're wrong done. with green bean casserole? You're done. It's just You're I done. like green beans and it's just cream of like mushroom and, oh, and some breading. Everything that you just said, every single word that you just said in that in that one it's sentence. It's all keto except the breading. It's all wrong. That's I, blah, 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 blah. now what oh. I do. You know those dollar uh, bags that you can get from the frozen section, like Walmart of the vegetables. Yeah, I get the long stem, the, the long green beans, not the little shortcut ones, but the mm. real long ones. Steam those in the microwave for an hour. Uh, well, I'll take some bacon and cut it up real small and fry that while it's steaming. Mm. And when the green beans are done, put some butter, salt, and put that bacon in there. Mm -hmm. Mix it all together. That's actually really good. So here's the dealio, Mysterio, between you and I is I'm going to die one day and when i die i want to die knowing that i did things in my life that i'm very happy of and one of those things is eating good food like hamburgers and I hot dogs and I ate hot dogs. yeah 
I I don't know, and I'm a I'm, <laughs> I'm a 28 year old man, and I will admit I have not ate any sort of vegetables in the last like 12 years. If it's healthy, I want nothing to do with it. But I will eat. Um, I love cream corn, and I love mixing it with my cottage cheese. Oh, you like cottage cheese? Oh, I am a. You put cottage cheese. You just open the, you know, break open that seal. You put it in my veins, in my IV, and I'll live my best life. But I don't like milk. I don't. I don't like milk by itself either. Right, but, but I'll I'll eat the I'll eat the stuff out of mm, cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. Oh yeah. My gosh. That, that makes me that literally gives me a gag reflex. Oh, I love it's it. like it's like if you get like a tub of mayonnaise and just get a spoon and start eating it. That does oh. that to me too. Well, yeah. That that's would... the way I feel about sour cream mm, and what? cottage cheese and mayonnaise. All that is like the same reflex oh. to me when somebody just gets a spoon of it. And eats a spoon of it. It's all three the same to me. You know what? Just, I'm I'm gonna have to make a, a, a quick phone call to our friend Scott Tune and see if I can borrow the security that they have over at Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, and I'll have you thrown out of here. You don't talk crap about sour cream and cottage cheese. What are you talking about? If <laughs> if it's mixed in, like like mayonnaise, mm-hmm. you know, if it's mixed in something like tuna fish or deviled eggs or whatever, mm-hmm. if Cottage cheese is mixed in, like we made this uh, cheddar broccoli cornbread, and cottage cheese was mixed in with it, and it was really good. If uh, just this past week for Thanksgiving we did that, if the sour cream is mixed in, because I put a little bit of sour cream in this um, no baked cheesecake stuff I make, mm-hmm. if it's mixed in well, and I don't see a big gob of sour cream or cottage cheese or mayonnaise, I'm fine. I just can't I do it, it otherwise. I get that. I mean, and that's fair. I mean, cottage cheese is the best thing on God's creation. And, <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's, we were really off subject. Holy we, crap. We don't have a subject. That's true. That's we a, don't. But we okay. do have. Okay, here we go. Rick Ware Racing has decided it's going to uh, partner with uh, Roush Fenway Keselowski or whatever you call it now. So they're going to be in the same shop. Mm. That's the amount of news we have this week. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. I'll go first. Do we have to? That's cool. Okay. Go ahead. So talk, that's... talk about it. I have nothing to say about it. Go ahead and talk about no, it. No, I, I just did. I just said, I said. That's cool? That's, that's what you cool. said? That's all we need to say. Cool. I thought you had something you wanted to say about it. Like, oh, no. Surprise me. <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. I actually there is nothing to say about it. I mean, it's like okay, you, you know, a three a three star team teams up with a three star team, and now they make a three star team, and it's gonna be great. Okay, at least Roush, Fenway, RFK, at least at least RFK KFC, whatever they want to call themselves, <laughs> at least they've won a race this year. Well, I mean, so, so I mean, if at you want to bump them up to. At least bought Rick Ware down to five, uh, to like one star or something. Yeah, no, for right. sure. You know, I mean, they did go back back. They swept the duels, which was not a point uh-huh. paying race, but I mean, it still paid the bills. And then that was uh, a big thing. We thought they were going to do something crazy this year when they did. Oh that. my goodness! I said, oh, "Oh, buckle up! Here comes the Fords." They just man, they fell off the face of the earth. They really did. Chris Busher, Christopher and- Busher. Uh, 
you know, going to victory lane and the, the Bristol night race was pretty cool. But other than that, it's been very quiet on their end this year. They had a cool flip. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Chris Buescher again. That's like the, the most, uh, the most, you know, the biggest thing they've done all year is they rolled at Charlotte. Yeah, they did. It was Charlotte, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, it was one of those mile and a half. So I, I knew it wasn't Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um well what else you want to talk about? We talked about band, we talked about coat, we talked about Thanksgiving and sour cream and all that. What else you got? You know what I would love f- to happen right now? Mm-hmm. A new commercial. Do we well, have any new commercials? Let's see. Uh let's take a break and find out. Okay. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, But come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are are a bear. They are. Uh, But yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Shout out to Tales from the Estate for adding the commercial on. Look at that. Second podcast to bring in a commercial. As always, uh, pulling up a chair with Tim Mm -hmm. at a chair shot. Love having his stuff on here. That's why we put it on there every single week. Every single week. But he's got a companion now to go with him. So, cool. How funny is it that in real life, Drew Vinsel and Tim at a chair shot are best friends. And <laughs> now they get their their podcast commercials back to back. How cool is that? I think um I think they're trendsetters. Trendsetters. Yes. We need we need more people to follow their lead. It's not like uh it's not like we're gonna charge you. Soda, what if what if they just don't what if they what if it's us? What if it's like us? We're the problem. What if people just don't want to be advertised for free? On I, I ain't gonna call out nobody individually because Lord knows I don't want to do that. I will. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> to my friends. <laughs> I'm right. just kidding. I'll do that to people I don't care about. I called out that 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 stupid race car driver's name a few weeks ago that cut me off, and I spun him out to the infield, and he yeah. went all crazy. And had my friend sitting back there with a 
with a uh, lug wrench waiting on him to come up to me yeah. in the pit with me. So that was that was an interesting evening. Um, had some protection. That's what you do in the pits, by the way. You bring somebody that's about six foot tall when you're only like I'm five five. So when, when I have like a crew member that's six foot tall and he's a big like brawn looking guy, that's what you do. You bring one of those guys back there with you. Ain't nobody gonna come to your car. Uh, that is one hundred percent the truth. One hundred percent the truth. But I have been in conversation with a few people now, at least four, about a commercial, and everybody's like, "Yeah, we'll get you a commercial. We'll we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll record one as soon as we can." Like, still, still, still gotta do it. Still gotta do it. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three episodes in, we got two. Hey, that's okay though. We're yeah, not. We're not. You know, we're just poking fun at our individually like that. It's just you know. I understand. You know, you get busy. You don't. It ain't a high priority. I mean, it just it's you got other things going on, especially right now with the holiday season and all that. So that's all right. It's just it's cool that we got what we got. Yeah, we love you guys. We love you guys as products and your podcast, and we want everyone, even our fans, to go listen to you guys. So if you want to, or if not, you know, we can just back off, I guess. If, you know, if you're I mean, on a roll call, you have open range to come in here with a 30, 40 second ad, whatever you want to do. You know, if it's too long, we'll just trim it, whatever. But usually it's, you know, in between, anywhere between like 30 seconds and a minute, I'm not going to bother with it. I'm just going to put it on there. But if you're on a roll call, you have free reign. Come on in. Yeah. Make, make a commercial. Send it our way. We'll uh, put it on the air with the rest of them. If you're not on the roll call and you want to advertise, hey, hit me up. Yeah. You don't get free rank. <laughs> right. I mean, and that goes with like Jason Wolf as well. You know, not only uh, Howling with the Wolf podcast, but oh, yeah. with his with yeah. his um, you know stuff that he does with the custom Hasbro's and stuff, and and Big Underscore Bane with uh, you know when he does come back with the beard oils and stuff, you know Outsiders Beard Co. stuff like that. You know, it doesn't have to be just a podcast. You know, it could be a business as well. Um. Speaking of uh, Jason Wolf, since he put it out there and he opened the commissions up on it, do you see what he's we he has coming? So I don't. I did not see that. Uh, well, he put it on Twitter and Facebook. It's uh, he's he's making the gobbledygooker. What? In Hasbro form? No way. I think he sold out of it. <laughs> how is? Wait a minute. How do you even do that? Three D printer with oh, the sculpts. Man. So, he says it's pretty much a statue. It can't really move a whole lot just because of the way the joints go. Who cares? But yeah, I don't care. I don't. I don't play with these toys. I mean, they're sitting on my shelf. You know, I'm sorry, I am wrestling this dog here. You know what I just thought of? Hmm. What if? Oh, soda! Holy crap! What if? Just hear me out for a second. What if? I. What if I went to Jason Wolf and said, "Man." Boy, do I really want a Kyle Bush Mattel Elite with a black T-shirt and blue jeans and whatever shoes he was wearing, and with the W uh, the WWE twenty four seven championship. What well, on earth, man? If you could find a basic or an elite that's basically just jeans and a T-shirt or whatever he was wearing, because yeah. I'm sure you could find jeans and a T-shirt elites or basics out there because that's pretty much all the basics you know it's just three to tire for the most part right um if you could find that 
and find uh, the 24-7 championship, which won't be that hard to find. Right. And some, I don't know if he can sculpt heads in his computer or not. That's a big thing. He, a lot of them, I know that he prints from other sources. Mm. Uh, or he reuses some. I think he can, though. I'm not sure how he does it. Tell you the truth, I'm not sure how he does it. But you know, if he can somehow get a Kyle Bush base, he could get he could probably work that out for you. I so I would want two. I'd want a you, Kyle you'd Bush. Have to send him the parts though. Right. Yeah. And I totally will. Uh I, I want Kyle Bush from the night he won the WWE 24-7 championship. And then I want him, I want another Kyle Bush Mattel in the iconic bright yellow fire suit, the M&M's fire suit. You'd almost have to find a, a honky tonk man or something. Well, I was thinking, so I was thinking John Cena's uh, Hollywood figure for the shirt to get like, you know, a random blue jean where Eric Bischoff in the new ruthless aggression era. And then you get, um, John, one of John Cena's hats. I, I've I've put a lot of thought into this, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like, oh man, I want that so bad. You know, speaking of wrestling, uh, we got a question that can kind of get us back on NASCAR. Okay, and it's a wrestling question. Oh, Drew, this week from Tasmania State. We have two from Tasmania State. We're going to do Drew's first since it's kind of a segue thing here. Matt, chill out. <laughs> Goodness gracious, he's just. I can't stop him. You're just going to have to hear the panning, and I'm just going to have to wrestle him. The whole no, time it's okay. The show. Um, Drew asked us to fantasy book a NASCAR driver uh, Survivor Series match. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're just going to do the teams. Yeah. Not actually book the entire match. Do you have your teams already? I don't. Okay, so I'll stall for a little bit. I'm just going to be winging it. I'm not going to lie. Check this out. I wrote this down. <laughs> I took it seriously. Tony Stewart, Jimmy Spencer, Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, and Kyle Busch in one corner. One team. Facing Joey Logano, Jeff Gordon, Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, and Tim Richmond. <laughs> oh, you just ran with through Tim Richmond. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I did not hesitate thinking of these 10 names, like, at all. There was no hesitation. Uh, I didn't, you know, he did kind of want us to kind of go into, you know, who pins who and stuff. And I just could not, yeah. I didn't have, honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, I did not have enough time to think about that. But I will say the ending would be a cliffhanger, right? It would be, it would be down to, I don't know. Let's say, let's say it'd be down to Denny Hamlin versus, Dale Earnhardt and, and Kyle Busch. And the way I would book it was Kyle Busch would be acting like he was going to hit Denny Hammond in the head with his steel chair. He pulls the chair out. He hits Earnhardt in the back with it. 
Hamlin pins Earnhardt one, two, three. It's down to Denny Hamlin and Kyle Bush. And guess what Kyle Bush does? He just goes, he just walks up the aisle and gets counted out. That would be my ending. Boom. You know why? Because we can do what we want. <laughs> um, I thought about doing this two different ways. I thought about doing an Alabama gang versus oh versus somebody, like maybe the Petties or something. Oh Lord! Yeah, well, you had like Lee and Richard and Kyle, and I guess we'll do four. Do Richie? No, Adam. Mm. We'll do Adam. Do the four Petties and Bobby, Donnie, Neil Bonnet, and Davy Allison. Mm-hmm. Do a four on fours of our season match. I thought about that with it coming down to Adam versus Davy because they're like the youngest, strongest ones. And, of course, David would win because I'm a David Allison fan. But then I start thinking, like, what if you go old school versus, like, new school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe not necessarily current drivers, but in this era of drivers mm-hmm. and a past era of drivers. Like, I could do five. I could do, like, I think one of the, the toughest people I can think of Right now, I can do one-on-one right now is uh, that looks like they would just kick your butt. Kelly Yarbrough mm. and Ryan Newman. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I feel like them two against each other because they like the same person. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? They have that same build to them. So I feel like that's one on each team. So like the classic would be Kelly Yarbrough. I would throw David Pearson in there. Mm-hmm. He's a big stocky guy. Buddy Baker, he I feel like he could throw down. I'm sure he probably could. Yeah. For sure. Junior Johnson in his prime? Mm. Yes. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. Gotta do one more. Stacy Compton. In the past? I don't know. Stacy Compton did not race with these guys. Well. <laughs> sorry, I just got really Okay, my bad. Buckshot Jones. See, I'm thinking of the toughest guys from the past versus the toughest guys of the present. I'm trying to think of one more from the past. It's really tough. Ricky Rudd. I was going to say Ricky Because in in 84 Daytona 500, he raced with his dang eyes taped open. Yeah, heck yes. Ricky Rudd absolutely is one of the toughest. And he could have been in the newer generation too, but he's right in between them. Yeah, in the past generation. So you got Kelly Arbor, David Pearson, Buddy Baker. Uh, who else did I say? Kelly Arbor, uh, Ricky Rudd, Ricky Rudd, Junior Johnson, Junior Johnson. I feel like that's a tough team. Yeah. Current day, you're gonna have Ryan Newman. I feel like Tony Stewart's gotta be in there. Today's drivers, maybe Kevin Harvick's probably about as tough as you're going to get. Oh, yeah. He's the first one to really throw down at you. You know? Um, I could see... Hmm, today's drivers are tough to think of somebody that could hold their own. Carl Edwards. I'll put Carl Edwards in there because he's crazy. Yeah, that's very true. He is. Hey, you Sometimes you want somebody that's crazy on your team. I guess. I feel like he's like, hmm. he's mm-hmm. like, hmm. I don't know. Oh, I, almost, yeah. I know. He might, he might get DQ, but he might take one or two out with him. 
Yeah, maybe. I guess. Uh, <laughs> gosh, who else can you look at that's currently out there and say, yeah, they're tough. Like they could they could beat you up. Hmm. God, NASCAR drivers are so different than they were just 20 years ago. Right. Because 20 years ago, I could have said Ricky Rudd. You know, Dale Earnhardt. I could have mm-hmm. said all that. Because I, de- I feel like Dale Earnhardt would have done that too. Right. Yeah. But see, I've seen Jeff Gordon get into some fights, and I don't still don't see Jeff Gordon as one of these people. I mean, I don't know why – Kyle Bush isn't in the conversation. He walked straight up to Joey Logano with no absolute, no hesitation and punched him square in the face and then got beat down on, you know, by his uh, 18 freaking crew members there before the 18 team got down there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Bush is probably a good pick. Well, this is my list. Yeah, that's true. You're right. It is. Let's see. I will go. Hmm. Gosh, it's hard. With today's crop, it's just difficult. Whatever, I'll go Kurt Busch because he makes it up with the with like the biggest dude in the whole field for a while there with Jimmy Spencer. Yeah, I'll go Kurt absolutely. Bush. He seems like a, he'll be scrappy. Okay. So that's our Survivor Series teams, and who's going to win mine? I have no idea. I haven't thought about it that far. Kyle Bush interrupts the middle of the match and wins it all for himself. He he gets the, he gets uh, Kurt Bush disqualified because he helps Kurt. Okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> Heck yeah, let's go. I have to say, old school wins though, just because they they were tougher. I can see that they were way tougher. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> they rode around out there with just a lap belt sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, old school wins, and I say Junior Johnson ends up winning the whole thing. All right, perfect. Yeah. But they probably still have three or four people on their team left. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin has a question too. This one's interesting. Yes. What is your favorite NASCAR scandal? Mm. There's been a few. Yeah. Uh, the one we talk about the most is probably what you're going to bring up. Well, I have four different things in my head mm-hmm. when I think of scandals in NASCAR. I think of, like, I have a professional and then I have a personal. So, like, professional as in, like, NASCAR as a whole, as a company, if there's been any scandals. And I think, you know, the two that pops in my head is tire soaking and traction control. Mm-hmm. Um, I was traction control that was a late 90s thing yeah so the best part about nascar stories or like you know legends or scandals or whatever is that for the most part it seems like there's never the same story so Uh this is the story when it comes to traction control of what i heard and you can hear references of on the episode of uh, Greg Biffle on the down uh, Dale Jr. Download where uh, I don't know, I think it was like Michigan or something where uh, they were doing the driver's meeting before the cup series race and NASCAR stood up in front of everybody and said, we know someone's using traction control, knock it off before we find out. And if we do find out who it is, it's a lifetime band. Obviously 
I don't really need to explain what traction control is uh, and how it would give an unbelievably an astronomical advantage uh-huh. in the racing world. Um, these drivers are the race cars are built to be racing on what what feels like ice. So when you get traction control, obviously you can go faster and have a little bit more faith in everything. So that's why NASCAR took it upon themselves to make it very clear that if anybody gets caught with traction control, it's a lifetime ban. Who do you think was using it? Uh, <laughs> I think I. I know. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, so everybody Who was thought, the most winningest driver in the late nineties. So everybody thought it was Greg Biffle or the Roush Fenway organization because they were on I, fire at that point. I never thought that. Who Who did you think? Jeff of? Gordon. Oh, of course it is. Jeff Gordon was doing the tire soaking. Jeff Gordon was doing all of that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's what that the tire soaking thing. That was a big issue because um, they were taking two tire stops at the end of races and winning on that. Yes. When nobody has done that before, you know, mm-hmm. like they would take two tire stops and take the lead. And Mark Martin would come out because he was the big rival of Jeff Gordon. I, I'd say of all the rivals Jeff Gordon had, Mark Martin was probably the biggest rival. Mm-hmm. They ran one, two more than I think in any other combination between Jeff Gordon and Mark Martin together. Absolutely. And the, the big issue was when you have a late rate pit, late race pit stop and you take two tires on a track where tires were out, you know, and you just, you're supposed to go slower when you don't have four fresh tires. You take two tires to get the lead, and then you pull away on the last last 15, 20 laps of a race. Yeah. Something's, you know, something's fishy with that. And so, everybody saw that, and everybody accused them of that. Right, absolutely. And now there might be some people, you know, that might not understand what tire soaking means. It's um, illegal. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty much a substance that you can you can soak your tires in. So just get a you know bucket of this stuff and push you know your tires down into the liquid, let it absorb into the tires. And what it does, it, it creates almost like a film. It will soften your tires up so you can go faster, longer, and have less wear on your tires as everybody else. So when everybody else is slipping and sliding, you have that a little bit of a insurance policy on your tires of that film that's have soaked into the crevices of the tire, making it longer lasting, which is highly illegal. The story that I heard now, I don't know anything about it. I obviously I wasn't there, but the story that I heard about the tire soaking was that there was a crewman who came up to Jack Roush and said, Hey, we should look into this. And he looked at this um, liquid and the crew member says, listen, literally everybody else, every other race team is doing this. And it was a, somehow he got his hands on some of it and it was uh, a, it had a label on the outside that said uh, tire soaking. And then the other label said untrackable. Mm-hmm. So I, it, I was going to say, that's the big kicker is that, at this, at some point, the technology got to the point where you wouldn't be able to trace that there right. was anything on the tire. So what I mean by what we mean by that is every pre and post race. So before the race and then after the race, 
it doesn't matter if it's the Arca series, truck series, Xfinity series, or the Cup series. You always have to run your your racing vehicles through inspection before and after the races, just so you you know you're not way too light or you're not too heavy or you know you don't your car is not an illegal um, amount uh, down on the racetrack, like your car's not too low type of things like that. That would dictate the outcome of a of an actual race. A uh, quick side note to the inspection process. Uh, if anybody's interested, NASCAR's YouTube channel shows the pre-race inspections this, the, a few hours before the race starts live. And it will show them going through the garage. And the pre-race uh, inspection technology today is insane. It looks like they're going through like Tron or something. Honestly, it's amazing. It's it's a bunch of lasers that hit the car. Like they completely go out of the room. It's a completely black room, and it's a bunch of lasers that hit the car, and they measure it based off that. And they they used to have like these cages. It used to be that it was like single templates that would go across three or four sections of the car, mm-hmm. and then they would have a cage eventually that would go across the whole section of the car to make sure that the everything was where it should be. And now that these bodies are so precise, they don't even have that. They have computer laser sensors measuring it down to the one thousandth of an inch and you can only be off by like two or three thousandths of an inch before they you know they penalize you or make you fix it yep it's it's an interesting thing to watch i mean i don't recommend watching the whole hour and a half two hour long process of all the cars but you know you see that on there watch a few of them it's it's just it's interesting how people think that the sport is just a bunch of rednecks going in circles and they, you don't, you sit there and you look at that tech process alone and you realize that's not what this is at all. You know, right. it's, it's, it's something fun to check out next time there's a race. Uh, when February comes around, they put it up there for every race. Right. So it's interesting. But uh, so the, on the other side of that conversation, you know, that's kind of more the professional side. I feel like when I heard this um, question being asked, I feel like Caitlin was almost and maybe I, I'm maybe I'm wrong. felt like she was almost thinking more like per, like personal. Like, was there any NASCAR drivers that found themselves in a scandal outside of the racetrack? So. I have two things in mind here. One involving Kyle Busch, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, well, I guess I can go ahead and talk about it now. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So I don't know. Have you heard about the Kyle Busch Monster Energy girl? I think I did. So I think I remember something about this. Back when Monster Energy was a main sponsor for NASCAR Cup Series, it was the monster energy nascar cup series uh obviously monster energy females are very attractive and they always sit there and stand there with the drivers in victory lane or whatever you know the case may be there was a little bit of a rumor that never cultivated to anything so you obviously know it there was no true to it but the the rumor the legend had it that kyle bush was having an affair on his wife with a monster energy girl. Um, and I, at first I thought it was a joke because they said with how much time Kyle Bush is spending in victory lane. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, cause that's his job. Right. So nothing came about it. Um, there was, you know, nothing ever hit news 
stands or anything like that. So I, I didn't think there was any sort of truth to it. Uh, but the, the other one I thought of was Brian Vickers. What happened with Brian Vickers? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So uh, we all know Jeffrey Epstein. Mm, yeah. So Brian Vickers married Jeffrey Epstein's assistant. <laughs> or personal assistant. So, I mean, there's a lot of controversy with that. Like, you know, if she was her, if she was his personal assistant, she should have seen the appointments that she was making type of thing. Uh, And there's big rumors that um, Brian Vickers and his wife are now a part of the Illuminati. And just. Okay, we're going from uh, scandals to conspiracies. Well, that's what I'm saying is there's absolutely no connection between Illuminati and <laughs> being someone's assistant. So not quite sure how we got there, but that's like I've heard, you know, the Brian Vickers controversy, you know, for a while. And I'm like, well, where, where, where's that bridge at? You, you go from being someone's personal assistant to being a part of the Illuminati. I, I'm not quite sure where that, you know, bridge gaps at, but uh, I must have missed something. But yeah, I mean, that's obviously a true thing. Um, he did marry Jeffrey Epstein's assistant, but that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else to that story. So, um, see, there's a see, the, the question was worded in a way is like, what is your favorite scandal? Like, what entertained you the most? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I completely misunderstood that. <laughs> yeah, but. It's it's actually kind of neat to talk about all the all the controversies and stuff mm-hmm. that has happened. I mean, we don't have a topic, right? So it's cool to go through and, and talk about. All this. I think some of I think one of the favorites, like, just was hilarious to watch unfold, is Michael Walter racing in general, mm. right? I mean, yeah, you, you got the the fuel for one. Oh my god, the jet fuel that they got caught with. <laughs> Idiots. And then you had Spingate, where oh, they yeah. purposely spun out to try to get a caution so they could get their driver into the playoffs, and uh, got found out, like code words and stuff like that on the radio that got them to spin out, and it knocked, I think it knocked the driver they were trying to get in out, right, because they penalized them, and it bumped Jeff Gordon back in. I think so, something along that line, I'm not yeah. quite sure. They added Jeff Gordon to it. I know that. But I think it penalized uh, it penalized them good. That was just about a death penalty for them. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, because they were gone pretty soon after that. Yeah. And sponsors left them because of that. It was just – that's just – I mean, man, for a team that has – I mean, they were, they were like the flagship Toyota team. They were like the main team that came in with Toyota. It was two of them. It was Gibbs and them. You know, that was a brand new team coming in with Toyota. And for them mm-hmm. to just fall the way they did, that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a fun one that I learned today, uh, I've, I've heard it before, but I learned the specifics of it today, was the 1982 Daytona 500, where Bobby Allison, he was driving the 88 Gatorade car back then. Yeah. Back in an era when they actually had chrome bumpers. You have an old chrome horn, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, they actually had these chrome bumpers back then. Well, the Daytona 500, you know, they're running 200 miles an hour 
at this at these tracks. Even back then, 80, 82, they were running 200 miles an hour easy at these tracks. And these big boxy cars that they had back then, every little aerodynamic advantage you can find, you know, you use. And about uh, 15, 20 laps into the race, Bobby Allison's rear bumper falls off. <laughs> right. It causes a crash, but he got to race the rest of the race without a rear bumper. He was so fast, he pulled away from packs and won by 20 seconds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Arbro come out and said that was rigged to fall off so he could win that race. Bobby denies it up and down, of course. But that's a neat little scandal. The 1982 Daytona 500 winner has his yeah. bumper fall off on purpose so he could win the Daytona 500. Just, that's funny. Yeah, That's funny. Innovation. You wouldn't think that would be that big of a deal, but a rule actually came out of that mm. saying that from that point on, all NASCAR uh, cup cars had to have a rear bumper. So a rule was actually made from that race. That's wild. Uh, same thing. It's not a favorite, of course, because a lot of these scandals are kind of sad. You know, when it comes to the personal ones, especially, but Jeremy mm. Mayfield had a big scandal. Oh, of course. Yeah. I forget about that one. He, uh, he failed drug tests time after time again and, uh, was accused of being on meth. And right. he's out of NASCAR completely now. Because yeah. him and Shane Meal had kind of the same situation going. Yeah. Shane Meal, that's Steve Meal's son, isn't it? I don't know. I have no idea. I remember Steve Mill was uh, Mark Martin's crew chief for so long. And I think Shane is his son. But there's How many people do you know have that name, Mill? Yeah, I, I... I guess I'm saying it right, because there's an H in front of it that you don't need. H-M-E-I-L. Yeah. And that's it. Steve Mill? Shane Mill? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think that's how you say it. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's how you spell it. I know. Hmm. It's weird. Interesting. Any more scams you can think of off the top of your head? Man, I know Kurt Bush has been through some wives, but I don't think that's really a scandal. I think that's just no. marital problems. He did <laughs> have that drunk driving thing a while back. Oh, yeah. I, so I remember the drunk driving thing. There was also something about Kyle Bush. I don't know if it was Kyle or Kurt. Something about back in like 2008 or something, uh, Kyle Bush was caught going 110. In that's a that's six, dumb for a NASCAR driver. Well, go, it was in a 65 or something. And, and from what I was told, the cop pulls him over. And remember, Kyle Bush is you know, 2008. So, I mean, he's winning all these races. He's single, you know, he feels like his stuff doesn't stink at this point. And I guess he looked at the police officer. Do you know who I am? Ah, Lord. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my guy. That, that's it. That's it right there. But, uh, no, Kurt Busch. Um, what, what was it with Kurt Busch? He had a drunk driving issue. I think it was in Phoenix. I could be wrong about that, but I thought it was, it might've been in Vegas cause he lives out there. Whatever but, happened about that? Uh, well, I mean, that's why he got fired from Roush. I think 
Huh. Because, no, I, maybe that's why he got fired from Penske. Because he was driving the, the Miller car. Yeah. I don't think Miller would have picked him up after he got caught drunk driving. Yeah, I know. He was, <laughs> man, uh, when he was driving that Blue Deuce, the number two car in the Cup Series, man, he, oh, man, some of the things that he would say on the radio was really, really, really harsh. Really harsh. Kyle Bush the same way in, in that same kind of time frame as well. But my goodness, Kurt Bush took it to levels that I don't feel like it should have been, you know, taken to. Like uh, there was a female news or not news reporter, but a, t- uh, a female TV reporter trying to get a word in with Kurt Bush and he said something along the lines of, would you like it if I smacked you in the face or something like that? I remember that. And he also did that. it again at Martinsville to like Matt Yoakum or something. He said something along the, the same thing. And I'm like, Oh man, that's, Oh man, that's wild. You know, it's, it's good to see that he's mellowed out so much. A lot. It's Kyle Bush. Not, too. Yeah. Neither, especially this year when it was coming down to the end of it. Um, those two guys are not like they used to be. Not at all. A lot of scandals have some stuff to do with uh, sponsorships, kind of like dipping out and not paying the bills. I know the Tabasco team in mm. the late nineties had that issue. Um, the, I can't think of any specifics. Well, I'm thinking Kyle Bush and Dale Jr. at Atlanta, 2007 kind of comes to mind a little bit, but we already discussed that whole mm. situation, but yeah. 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 Well, let me think. I, um, got one more, one more I can think of, and I guess we'll wrap it up. Okay. What, what comes to mind when I say T-Rex? Uh, I, first thing I think of is Brexton Bush. T-Rex. Yeah, because he's B-Rex, and he's super into dinosaurs because he's like 11, and he's all already winning championships. I think of Sorry. the 1997 <laughs> All-Star Race where Jeff Gordon drove a Jurassic Park car that was completely illegal and dominated the entire field. Yeah, that too. That's a close <laughs> second. <laughs> he brought that car. It was uh, red and black. It was... Uh, pretty cool car he uh it was promoting jurassic park the ride and i don't know some six flags somewhere i guess i have no idea where this was it could have been universal studios i have no idea but it was promoting jurassic park the ride and ray everham and jeff Gordon brought that car through inspection and they tore that thing down and they saw what all they did to that car there's all sorts of rumors about what exactly they they did to it but I have a feeling that that car kind of pushed NASCAR into another level when it like down the road, a lot of that car got implemented into the later generations as far as like the handling and stuff goes, because apparently that car was so far out of the box. NASCAR said, congratulations. If I ever see this car, or this track again, you're getting disqualified and you're getting fined. Yeah. Like they said, okay, it's the all-star race. You did it. You, brought this thing to the track. Like, it was so messed up, they called it a T-Rex. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the nickname of the car is the T-Rex because of how crazy it was. And, yeah, it dominated that race. 
nobody could touch Jeff Gordon during that race. But they based NASCAR basically said, okay, cool. Never bring this car back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's right. in a museum somewhere. Then. <laughs> no joke. But that's the, that's like the last scandal I can really think about that NASCAR actually let them have that win and everything. Mm. But it makes it made a good story though. Jeff jokes about it to this day, how crazy that car was. And I don't think, I don't think Ray Abraham ever really went into specifics of what all they did to it. There's just a few people who actually know exactly how like out there the tech was on that car. Right. It might Absolutely. have had full tracks control as far as we know. Probably. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I think that's going to do it for the show. We got a good hour, what, hour 10, hour 15, somewhere in there? Yeah. That's good. With no 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 topics. I need to find my flute. Yeah. Show that's, Jeff how to play it. I feel like that would be gimmick infringement, though. You know? Not if not if I'm actually playing songs and not just making random noises to music behind them. That's true. <laughs> hey, uh, more power to Jeff. <laughs> He's trying. <laughs> well, we say down here, bless your bless your, bless your heart, Jeff. Bless your heart. <laughs> Speaking of Jeff, I want to run down the podcast drafting partners. Bully Poser Wrestling Figure Podcast, uh, Drunk Wrestling History, Doing the Favor. I won the fa- I won the FanDuel thing again. Nice. Third time this year. I got the most wins out of anybody so far. There it is, pal. How about that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pre-order a Power Town wrestler with the winnings. Oh, there you go. Which yes. one? I haven't decided. I have a poll on my personal Twitter, but it's probably going to be over with by the time this comes out. Gotcha. But it's down to four of the six. <laughs> Really narrowing it down, you know. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, I'm leaning Kerry Von Eric, mm. but I could also see Bruiser Brody or Stan Hansen. Or now, hear me out. You can save your money, go to Jason Wolf and get some custom SA Rio Hasbro's or Kyle Bush Hasbro's. Well, see, I have three coming from him like soon. Make it four. Speaking of the fully post wrestling figure, figure podcast, I have those guys coming in Hasbro form. Sweet. And that name. That's really awesome. Along with Gobbledy Gooker. Uh, because I had to, right? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, thank, I don't know uh, how much they listen. I know Eric has once in a while. Barry does once in a while, too. But thank you guys for putting on the FanDuel Fantasy uh, mm. League thing. It's fun. It was fun when I wasn't winning. I'm finally one. I don't think I ever finished in the top three before this year. I think it's the third year they've done it. Yeah. It was. It was fun when I was just, you know, on it. It was a field filler. Mm-hmm. What you call it? A starting yeah. park. Yeah. When I was a starting park in this thing, it was fun then, and it's fun now that I'm actually winning a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's even more fun, obviously. But I, just, I hope they keep going with it. It's just I have I'm having a blast with it. Now you're talking about football, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying my, I'm actually trying my best to learn football. Like I want to get, like I know how it goes and stuff, and I know the rules and stuff, but I don't know stats. So like doing a fantasy league for NASCAR would be easy for me. I don't know how you would even go about. I don't know the stats of Kelsey or uh, Travis Kelsey or any, you know anything like that. So if I can figure it out, like figure out a way to figure this out. I will be more than happy to join that eventually, but I got to like educate myself first, you know? 
Well, it's all based on what they do in the game specifically that day. Oh, okay. Well, that's it's cool. Because you're picking like, oh gosh, I'm not. Don't quote me on the amount of people because some games are different than other games, and I know with NASCAR or DraftKings, you can pick six NASCAR drivers, and FanDuel you pick five. Mm-hmm. I think it's eight football players, eight or ten, one of those two. Okay. Um, I just pick until I don't have a spot left to pick, honestly. But um, it goes based on their stats at, of that game. Like, mm-hmm. anytime they run, they get to a certain amount of yardage, they get to so many points or, or half a points or something like that. They get a touchdown, they get so many points. If it's a fumble, will they get points taken away? You know, things like that. It's just whatever they do, positive. Mm-hmm. You just get little points for it. That's all it is. And um, you have to go to their site specifically to see exactly what gets awarded and how much. Awesome. Because it's different with a lot of them. Like DraftKings is different than FanDuel. It's different from Yahoo Fantasy. And you can set your own rules to it. It's just, it's all different. Uh, also, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, go down the list here. Lap Traffic Podcast. Uh, Jason Wolf. I. Howling with the Wolf, I do have three of his figures coming, and I can't wait. And I got a new one I want to shout out. Oh, okay. Magic and the Mouse. Magic has, and the Mouse. It has nothing to do with racing, football, wrestling, nothing. It's a Disney World podcast. Mm. Yeah. And it's put out with a Actually, from a friend of the show, I am going to butcher his last name because I don't think I've ever really taken the time to pronounce his last name. Anthony Destefano. Oh, Rant with Ant. Yeah, Rant with Ant. Yeah, I, I should just said Rant with Ant. Destefano, that's his name, isn't it? Yeah, am somebody, I saying that right? Yeah, it's, it's something. So, I am so sorry if I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. So I'm gonna play. I've never tried to pronounce it. I'm gonna play it safe. I have never referred to him as anything besides Rant with Ant because I can mm-hmm. actually pronounce that. Oh, I understand that completely. But yeah. him and his wife have a podcast about Disney World. Really? Yeah, and I've gotten to where I'm listening to it. I don't really share a lot of the opinions he has on it because he doesn't. they don't like Animal Kingdom, and that's my favorite part. Oh. But it's still fun to listen to somebody else talk about Disney World and all their experiences with it. That's pretty so awesome. Highly recommend, if you like Disney and uh, stuff, to check, that, check them out, too. Uh, who you got, Ethan? Absolutely. So I'm going to start it off with Breaker and Bane's Power Hour uh, with Brian Breaker and Big Underscore Bane. Of course, you have you know it's fake, right? With Brian Breaker and a special guest. Uh, TB Toycast with Brian Breaker and Travis Fowler. Uh, obviously, the legend that is Bill Benis. Uh, no holds barred with Bill Benis. Uh, actually, here soon, there might be a little story time of how Bill Benis once got me out of a speeding ticket <laughs> but you're gonna have to tune in over to bill benis to hear it to, to let i'm gonna let the the legend bill benis tell it himself because i i spoke to him personally on twitter uh we dm'd each other we added each other on snapchat and stuff and, and i told bill benis the the 16 year legend what happened and he said Dang tooting or something, you know, one of those banerisms, and uh, yeah, so we had a good conversation. So that com that story might be coming. I'm not sure though. 
Speaking of legends, of course, you heard them earlier. Their brand new commercial that will be every single week played right here in, in the marbles. Of course, you have to check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and his wife Caitlin, as well as their twin kiddos. You know that commercial was so good. You could probably say it was just too sweet. Of course, uh, pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a chair shed. What? That was good. I worked on that all, bro. I worked on that all week. I worked on it all week. I said, "Too sweet." I love how they did that. That's awesome. Um, of course, pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a chair shot. Um, how he spotlights, you know, the fig life is awesome. Uh, Rowdy Energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Of course, our friends over at Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR. And that is all I got. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's episodes. Uh, follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search uh, In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. You can also email the show at inthemarblespod at gmail.com. Any questions or statements or anything, any feedback you want. Go to whatamaneuver.net, and if you go to the top left tab of the uh, screen, there's a search by store. Scroll down to In the Marbles, and you can find our shirts. It's a great way to support the show. And uh, before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? Nope. As always, peace, love, all the above. I thought you were just like, no, just leave. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope, we're good. It's all right then. Well bye. Okay. Put put it on the internet. Uh (laughs) all right, we'll see you next time in the marbles.